the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. On the Wonderful World of Sue this week, we talked to Tom Nichols, who is the author of a new book. It's called uh, The Death of Expertise. Uh, campaign against established knowledge and why it matters. It's kind of an interesting take, a little bit different than uh, talk radio usually covers. Uh, and we went into that uh, this weekend. Watch. I am what you would call an expert. My expertise? Pizza. A true Italian would say uh, a pizza pizza. I've eaten a lot of pizza in my lifetime and feel quite established in the pizza world. But now anyone with an Instagram account or claim to be a pizza expert, I don't like it. They're not. And here to explain why real experts like me are a dying breed and why that has consequences far deeper than the Chicago-style pie I just ate is the author of The Death of Expertise, the campaign against established knowledge and why it matters, Tom Nichols. Tom, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for having me. I will say you have a very well-timed book. Uh, the last couple of years have made this problem uh, very obvious to most people, or maybe not. Uh, why did you pick this topic to write about? Well, strangely enough, it, it really had nothing to do with anything recent. It didn't have anything to do with the election or any one particular thing that happened in the past year or so. The first time I, I wrote about this, uh, was on a blog that I used to have where I had just gotten frustrated with this whole problem in general. I'm a Russia expert primarily by training, and I, I, I guess I'd been having a conversation on social media where uh, for the millionth time somebody had said, you're a Russia guy? Let me tell you about Russia. <laughs> and, uh, right, I mean, you know, you're, you do journalism, so, oh, you're on TV? Let me tell you about TV. And um, I sat down and I just kind of unloaded on my blog about this, and it got picked up by The Federalist, where it was published, and uh, then it was noticed by Oxford University Press, and so it took me about a year, year and a half to write it, uh, but it was really the culmination of about 20, 25 years of people lecturing at me about my own area of expertise and hearing these stories from other people, so that's that's why I wrote it. I like when professors write books generally because they're just really pissed off about something, so it's a, it's a, it's a good genesis <laughs> of this. I like it. Uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, recently, and it was the guy who uh, it was the guy who created Five Hour Energy, and he has this amazing story where he's like a monk at one point and uh, it really had no experience in this business at all, and just started doing it. And in the middle of it, uh, he said something, and as soon as he said it, I thought of you. Let me play the clip for you. This is what turnaround guys do. It's not rocket science, but if you use common sense, you're in great shape. If you use experts, you're in so much trouble. Yeah. This is the sort of thing we hear from people all the time, and it, it, part of it is really an American thing, where you say, ah, screw the experts, I'm going to go by my gut and just do it. I mean, how do you, how do you balance those two things? Um, people rely on experts all the time. I think part of the problem is We've got we've adopted this radical approach to egalitarianism. Amer you're right. Americans have always been this way, right? I mean, so Tocqueville writes about it uh, that you know we're we're the gutsy, common sense people. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, we rely on each other as experts all the time. You, carpenters, electricians, police officers, doctors, teachers, lawyers are all experts. And what's different now is everyone thinks that they can do everyone else's job 
and that they're just as smart as everybody else, which is completely insane and eventually will endanger not only our health, but it endangers the country. And what you bring up essentially is specialization. It's the thing that's really moved our civilization forward. Uh, it, you know, the, the fact that you don't have to know every single thing that you're doing every day and you can trust other people who are experts and have spent their time on that is something that has really moved us forward as a civilization, hasn't it? It's indispensable to being an advanced civilization. And we used to understand that. We didn't always like it. We didn't always like the fact that, you know, we'd have to go even forget about doctors or scientists or teachers. We didn't like the fact that, you know, when you take your car in, the guy pops the hood open and he says, well, there's your problem, you know, because you, you don't, you're not a car mechanic. Mm -hmm. You have to trust him. You have to accept that he, this guy probably knows what he's talking about. Um, what, again, what's changed is with all of these jobs, whether it's doctors or diplomats or mechanics or electricians, we're all looking at each other saying, well, how hard can that be? We could all do that. And the fact of the matter is we can't all do that. And society would come to a dead stop if we tried. And I, I think somewhere along the line, we've all become, the word I use in the book is that we've all become narcissistic. We all think we're the smartest kid in class on everything. And, it, and it's just wrong. It's simply not true. Mm. You mentioned one of the most amazing stories of recent history, which is the AIDS denialists. It, I, didn't, I, I didn't even know this went on at the time, but it's a really fascinating story, and it, it wound up costing a lot of people their lives. It did, and, uh, it, you know, in a way, the AIDS denialist story is rooted in a scientific dispute that actually shows that among experts, the system works. There was and is, he's, he's still around, there's a scientist who is firmly convinced that HIV is not the cause of AIDS. He's a serious guy, he's at a serious university, he made this claim. Doctors all over the world took him seriously and started testing this claim, and they, you know, he's just wrong. I mean, there's just no way around it. He's mm -hmm. simply wrong. Mm -hmm. The problem is that people in other countries, and in the book I mentioned South Africa, took this very seriously, which really undermined uh, a lot of the practices and um, public health uh, actions that could have been taken that could have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. But because, you know, as you said earlier, people say, well, I'm going to go with my gut. I don't think it's HIV. Well, yeah, you know, the scientists are right. It is. And that that's crucial to stopping uh, or, or slowing this epidemic. And thousands and thousands of people died because of this. I think part of it is, you know, there is a feeling among people who don't follow these things every day that experts are constantly disagreeing with each other. And there's a debate on almost everything. Um, and, you know, and they do get things wrong. As you point out a couple of, uh, of examples in the book, uh, eggs um, and this, this sign, the no Irish need apply signs that I, I'd never heard these stories before. Uh, you know, it, is it, how do you, how do you know? I mean, when an expert is wrong and they're going down the wrong road, telling you the wrong thing, how do you deal with that? Well, the first thing you have to do is rely on other experts. As somebody said to me recently, uh, you know, if I don't think my doctor's doing a good job, I don't go and ask a, a bus driver or an electrician or a lawyer, I ask another doctor, because in every profession, that's how we keep a check on each other. You know, how do you know that an electrician is certified and licensed? He was looked at by other electricians. Um, how do you know that a doctor is certified? He was looked at by other doctors. So that's, mm -hmm. that's the first step. And you're absolutely right. Experts will get things wrong. Uh, you um, brought up uh, eggs, of course. And the no, I, I should probably tell your, um, tell the viewers what the no Irish need apply yeah, thing please, was yeah. about. Yeah. There was a historian who said that no Irish need apply was a myth. You know, these signs that were supposedly in stores in the early 20th century. He said, well, that never happened. And an eighth grader actually proved him wrong. 
by doing the research. Every now and then there is going to be a lightning strike like with something like that, where some expert stakes his reputation on it and a junior high school kid can prove that he's wrong. But on any given day, experts are more likely to be right, particularly in their area of uh, their field, than, than anybody else. And I think, again, part of that angry narcissism about expertise is that people are always looking for the one time an expert is wrong. You know, my doctor was wrong about eggs, so therefore he's wrong about everything, and I can just eat cheeseburgers for breakfast. Um, you know, the, a, a professor was wrong about a historical fact, so all professors are wrong. Um, and, and it's just a kind of a silly game of gotcha when, in fact, experts and also, as you point out, experts actually don't disagree with each other that often or that widely. Part of that is the media. Part of that is the is the is this gladiatorial putting groups of people on television to fight with each other effect of the media. But experts actually tend to be pretty closely clustered together on a lot of important questions. Well, part of the problem is and, and I'm guilty of it right here is that like the great story is the middle school person be, you know, defeating the historian. That's an incredible story. Right. And you want to note that. You want to bring that up. The boring story is I went to my doctor. He said I, I, I had uh, you know, strep throat and I had strep throat. That's boring. And, and he cured it. Yeah, and he cured it. <laughs> that's, that's boring. We know what tells that story. They only right. tell the story when they go to the doctor and they have it wrong somehow. And that story lives on forever. That's just uh, it, seemingly human nature and you know, certainly uh, magnified incredibly by the internet. I, how do you solve that? Well, some of it is human nature, but some of it is this, this new social phenomenon of people re almost resentfully and gleefully looking for an opportunity to prove experts wrong. Because then it's empowering. I think people in the modern era, and by the modern era, I mean post-World War II even, um, people feel like the world is out of their control, it, that, it's, that things are too complicated, that, they're, that there's so much stuff going on they can't keep up with it. And they're right. They can't keep up with it. That's why we divide up all this labor. But when that happens, it feels very empowering to catch experts being wrong because it's almost like self-actualization to say, see, I can do this. I don't need to rely on an expert. And you're right that, that when the eighth grader proves the history professor wrong, it's a dog bites man story. But, but I think what people miss is that it's interesting precisely because it's so rare. It's, mm -hmm. it's like when we see the story about a doctor who, you know, leaves, a, uh, leaves a, a, um, his suturing equipment inside a patient or, yeah. you know, an engineer who builds a bridge that doesn't match the other side. They're interesting stories precisely because they're so rare. I'm not sure what we do about it. I think most people grudgingly, they don't want to admit it, but they grudgingly accept that, you know, when you're, when you're sick and you have strep throat, you say, you know, I should probably go to the doctor. He'll prescribe an antibiotic. You know, grandma's uh, mustard chicken poultice isn't really going to cure this. Um, but they don't like it because it puts you in a position of being dependent on other people. But that's the nature of modern society. We're all dependent on each other. Mm -hmm.